All right, we're just gonna get right into it, and today's gonna be kind of a, a two-topic two message, if uh, that's, that's all right. And I wanna just kind of start off and, and paint a little bit of a picture to kind of get us into the, to the mindset. And uh, I like to read. I like to, like to read. I've taken, I listen to a, a lot of audio, and uh, sometimes when a, a, a book has a series and it becomes very popular, the author sometimes didn't realize how popular it was going to be. And they kind of get to a certain point and they kind of paint themselves in a corner a little bit. And it's hard to, to go forward from that because they've kind of already wrote the ending. So they have to go back and possibly do a, a prequel, talk about events that happened before the original storyline. And also they might do something in between to talk about a, a filler, you know, that something that happened in between, you know, certain storylines that went in the middle there that they could elaborate more on. And then another option is that they can do a, a spinoff, maybe take a minor character from the original storyline and give them their own storyline and expand on that character. Now, what I've now noticed is, is that when you do these things, there's a difference of how you perceive what's going on in the story based on the information that you already have. What I mean is, is that if you're, we know that a character makes it to a certain point. So if we are in a prequel situation, that element of not knowing their fate has been removed from it. You know that no matter what the dire situation that they're in, that they are going to make it through because they are in that next book. They're in that next chapter. They're going to show up. What we don't know is the mystery. What keeps us involved is, is that we don't know how they're going to get through that situation or they're going to expand more and we're going to learn more, have more backstory or whatever the case may be. Regardless, it's a different experience. If you're into a storyline for the very first time and these are brand new characters to you and they are in these peril situations, there is a possibility that they may not make it. So we're constantly thinking as we go along and we're reading along and, and we're wondering who's going to make it through? What's going to happen to them? You know, are they going to survive? Are they going to succeed? And it's a, a very different storyline. If you're not a reader, let me give you another example. Let's say that you're a, a fan of football. And you're going to, the game's already happened, but you've recorded it. And you want to watch, watch the game, but you already know what the score is going to be. You know what the outcome is. You know that your team wins in the end. So when things get close, when that interception happens, when they fumble the ball and 
everything points to it not turning out well, you know that somehow or another they're going to pull it off because you know what the score is going to be in the end. We all have our favorite TV shows. We have our favorite movies that we have seen more than once. And the first time we go through something like that, we have that suspense, we have that drama, we have that thing about wanting to know what is going to happen, how it's going to all turn out. And that after that, when you go for another round of it, when you watch it again, you know how it ends. So you don't have that, that peril of it not ending, there being a surprise to it. We can still enjoy it, we can still go through it, but we know how it ends. What does that have to do with today? Well, you know, there's two camps of people when it comes to life. So you have the, the non-believers... And then you have the believers. And see, if you're a believer, you know how it is going to end. John 16, 32 and 33. Behold, the hour cometh, ye is now, that they shall be scattered, and every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And ye, I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken unto you, that in they might I have peace. In the world shall I have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We know how it's going to end. Now, if we look at the state of the world today, things don't look good. And we're starting to see things. We have a, a war erupting in Israel. The Euphrates River is drying up. These are things that the Word of God speaks of as signs of things to come. And there's a lot of people that's occupying spaces like this, that's talking to other people, that they are really focusing on those things. I've never been one to focus on the end because that's going to take care of itself. I feel that what we need to be focusing on is what our mission is for right now. Because we have to understand why did God tell us these things? He tells us that he has already won. He tells us how things are going to end. So we can take that away from our thought process. We can take that peril out of our lives. Because we know how it's going to end. We know how to get through it. We know we are on the winning side. We know that there is a victory. He didn't tell us, okay, wait for the signs and I want you to stop. Stop what you're doing. 
Just sit there and panic and wait and just see what, how it plays out. You know, people have been waiting for Jesus to come back ever since he left. They've been waiting and waiting and waiting and every generation believes that there's going to be the generation that he shows up for. Matthew 24 and 36. But of the day and the hour knoweth no man, not the angels in heaven, but my Father only. Only God Himself knows when the day will be, when the hour will be. So who am I to be concerned about when that exact time is? And we have so many people that get focused on these details and they're, they're waiting and they're circling dates on their calendars and they think they've got it all figured out and they're concerned about all of these things. But only God knows. And you ever wonder why that it's not Jesus that knows, not the angels that knows, not no one else of heaven? You know, we are giving access to the kingdom of heaven. We have access to what Jesus has access to. We were given all of those things. So if He was to let anybody else in on it, we would have access to it. And this is something that we do not need to know. Because that's not our focus. It's not our focus when the end is to come. God has given us all these, these great signs. He's made all these prophecies, not for us to have a road map to the end, but to show that He is there, to show His power, to give us another way of feeling, seeing, knowing of His existence. It's not for us to have fear and panic and concern of. That is what Satan wants us to do. He wants us to have fear and anxiety and depression and sadness of all the things that are happening and things that are to come. And that is not our purpose. That is not what God wants for us. He's taking care of all that. He has his armies laid up in heaven. He has his angels. He has all of these things that is ready to deal with the way things are supposed to, to play out in the world. Our purpose is to remain in good cheer, is to share Jesus to aid in the process of getting people to salvation. By that I mean telling our story. Telling how God has worked in our lives. What He's doing for us. How He has changed us. 
This is very peril times. And when people look at us and see how we react and we have a confidence, that makes them say, what's different about you? And then that gives us the opportunity to explain exactly what is different about us. And that is a strong faith, a belief in Jesus and having God fight our battles. No man knows the time. You know, all the examples that I gave us in the beginning, it's not the end, the climax, the conclusion that we enjoy when we go down the adventures. It's all the stuff in the middle. It's what we experience. It's the journey. And that's the same thing that goes for our life. It's not how we ended up, but how we got there. Your conclusion, who you finally become in the very end, that is the sum of everything that you've done through the course of this lifetime. And to simply wait and allow that to take away all of your focus. They put all these horrendous acts and images on our our TV screens and we become drawled into it. And the more that we see, the more that we, we want to see, it becomes an addiction. And then it causes us to have all kinds of, of, of fear. You know, even if it's something as far away, well, what if it moves closer here? And then they, they put all of these, these probabilities and all these things that could happen. You know, we've been lucky. If you count up everything that was supposed to happen on certain dates, we, you know, we've lived through like 44 apocalypses in our lifetime. And there's all of these things that just build up. And we start, it starts to infect us. So much so that we are being consumed by it and we are changing our lives and preparing for things that we don't have to do. God tells us that he takes care of the birds. He makes sure they're fed. And that if he does that for them, he is surely going to take care of us. Has God ever left you hanging? Now, I'm sure I am asking a very loaded question there because I'm sure that there's going to be people that think that he has. But no, not really. He hasn't. Which moves us to our our next point of topic for today is that we are going to go through trials and tribulation. 
In the world, yes, ye have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We are in a born into a world of sin. We have a Satan dominated world. Of course, we are going to have our problems. And sometimes it can seem that it's just way too much. You know, over the last three weeks, we've kind of hit and missed on this topic a little bit about just how we deal with life. And that uh, I was listening to uh, another a preacher, one that travels around and, and talks in different places. And he was having a really bad go of it. There was just one mishap after another. And a lot of us get into these situations where it seems like it's just one thing after another. And he began to to doubt. Because it's real, real easy to do. You know, what, what am I doing wrong? And he ended up, he called up his wife and he said, I, I need prayer. Things are just going so bad for me right now. I just need you to pray for me. And, and she talked to him a little bit and said, hey, you know, it's nothing you did. It's not a personal vendetta against you. It's God preparing you. You know, each and every situation we have, we have a problem in how we react to it. And that is the outcome. Problem, reaction, outcome. And I've, I've been dealing with this trend now for a few weeks myself. I don't know if... If it's something that God wants me to talk to with y'all, because that's been the subject matter since uh, it's been there. But it's been it's been like that for a while from difficult people. Yesterday, my truck was wrecked. I was in an accident. It's just been one thing after another. And we have choices. We talk about choices all the time, and it's you can either get upset about it, you can feel sorry for yourself, you can get depressed, you can get mad. Or you can choose to be of good cheer. Yesterday wasn't my fault. I was doing exactly what I was supposed to do, minding my own business, and someone ran into me. Caused a lot of damage. Going to have a lot of aggravation to get things fixed and, and whatnot. And it's really easy to get upset. But you know, it wasn't malicious. And it can happen to anyone. You had a long day, you're tired, and just for a split second, you don't 
look in the right direction, and then things change. And as we have time to, to sit and reflect, and that Holy Spirit can work with you. If you can suspend, you know, feelings, you know, we always talk about feelings all the time, how they can so much get in the way because they're so involved and they, and they drive you so much. If you can kind of just push them to the side a little bit. A little bit of time is an amazing thing when we can kind of let them simmer down and then we can see the realization and things that, you know, things ain't so bad. Nobody's hurt. It's just stuff. Replaceable, fixable. You know, and even when we deal with difficult people, if we can just put a little bit of of thought into it, a little bit of heart, a little bit of love, you realize that instead of exercising hatred or anger, we need to have compassion. The fruits that we show, what we bear, that comes from the heart. And we can see from a lot of people's fruits that there's some darkness, there's some emptiness, there's some loneliness and some sadness in these hearts by the way they act and they treat other people. What would Jesus do? What would he do in a situation? How did he act? That is our bar. That is our example. Did he get angry? Of course. Did he have emotion? Was he sad? Was he fearful? He was in that garden. He was praying so hard. Great drops of blood would fall from him. He prayed to his father. If there's any other way up on that cross, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? He had to go through everything that we went through. But not once did he let his emotions cloud. Did he let them drive him? They beat him. They mocked him. They crucified him. And what did he say? Forgive them, Father. They do not know what they do. This happens with a lot of people because they do not have God as a focus in their life. They do not have that that compass. They don't have that moral ground, those lessons, that love. 
We know how the story ends. We have someone that sees us through each and every situation. We have someone we can turn to. But for many people, for non-believers, for those that are weak in faith, they don't have that. They are lost. They call unsaved people the lost. And they truly and deeply are lost. They are adrift at sea, no anchor, no way to go. Because they do not have God. And it's not just the unbelievers. There is many people that are self-proclaimed Christians that listen to the Word, that sit in church, but yet they have problems with faith. They hear these things and they want to believe these things, but they're caught up with the what if. And there's so much stuff in the world, when you have figures like the Pope, that's supposed to be a godly representation, but makes statements that are complete and utter contradiction to the Word of God, that is detrimental to these people that are struggling. And that is why it is so important for us to have unwavering faith. And it comes time in times like this that people want our opinion. What's going on? How's this happening? And people use it so much to undermine what God is, who He is, what He's telling us. But that's where we have to stay strong and not feed into it. It's very simple. It's all in God's hands. He's got it under control. I firmly believe that He will take care of me. These are the things that we have to proclaim not only to others but to ourselves. It does no good to say it if we don't believe it. But we know how it ends. God has a plan. That's why I think it's so utterly ridiculous when the world tells us all the things that we need to be concerned about. Global warming. We're going to We're going to burn up the planet. We're going to use up all of our resources. We're going to have all of these things happen. And and then we need to do all these things. And we have to change our entire way of living. And I just think that's hilarious. That man thinks that they can override what God has already set in motion. When you know how it ends... 
You don't have to worry about that. There is nothing that man can do that can stop God. He is in complete and utter control. And that's where we really need to look at ourselves and really check our faith. You know, because we have people that are so arrogant that think that they are the absolute authority. That's why they need to be the leaders and tell everyone else what to do. And that they know better than everyone, including God. And then on the other side, we have ourselves that we become so weak that we think that we're not good enough, not worthy enough to come to God. You know, that's, that's insulting. That's insulting to Him. He loves us so much. So much that we screwed up. He sent His Son to save us. We screw up again and again and again. And He redeems us. He forgives us. We look and we see evil. And we wonder why God doesn't do something with it. But when He looks, He sees His children. His favorite creation. His sons and daughters. There is, it's crazy that we think that we can be so bad, that we can be such a disappointment that God will no longer love us, that we are too far gone. No one is too far gone. So what's the takeaway for today? Do not let fear control your life. We know how it all turns out. We know God's got it all in control. And that Satan wants us to fall in those patterns. He wants us to live in fear. He wants us to devote our time, our attention, our energy into being fearful. And do we remember why fear is so important to Satan? Because when you live in fear, you cannot operate in faith. And faith is the key to everything. Number two, we are going to have problems. We are going to have trials, tribulations, whatever you would like to call them. And they are going to come in all forms, shapes, sizes, some expected, many unexpected. And no matter how careful we are, no matter how safe we are, no matter how much we plan, they are still going to come. And this is something that plagues every person. And the more faith that you have, the more that you love God, the more that you try to walk upright, follow the word, the more it's going to happen because Satan doesn't want that. 
He doesn't want you to be a good example. He wants you to be a bad example. And we see people that seem like they are operating so far in the dark and they seem to be so prosperous and, and so happy and, and everything. And, and we, we question why is it that that works that way? Satan is going to use whoever he can use to further his work. And he might let people be successful for a time till they're no longer useful to him. And we have to remember, too, that this world is temporary. And things that are gathered through dishonesty, through the darkness, through lies and cheats and sly of hand, when it comes time for judgment, those are not going to be positive things. We put so much emphasis on things and stuff and power and money. But those are not things of heaven, the place where we're going to spend eternity. And it's not going to matter how much you accumulated. It's going to matter with what you did, how you thought, how your heart operated, how you treated others, how you responded to each and every situation. You ever think about that? Then we have to give an account of everything that we do in our lives. Are we going to be proud of how we reacted to situations? Whenever we are trying to, to move up, if you want a better position, if you want to upgrade, there's certain things that we have to do. We have to meet certain requirements. Many times in life, as we go through our difficulties, we are going through a training process. We are learning how to react. We are learning how to deal, how to process, and how to take care of things. And a successful accomplishment of going through things, that works us towards promotion. God can't get us to the next level if we're not doing well where we're at. And doing well doesn't necessarily mean success, but being able to carry through and handle whatever the world throws at you. He wants us to be resilient. He wants us to be strong. He wants us to have faith. You notice that Jesus' ministry wasn't about so much just doing things for people. When he did things, 
It was because it was things that only he could do. Healing. He performed miracles to show who he is. What the majority of his, and the main focus was teaching. Because if you give somebody something, that's, that's temporary. It's only going to last as long as it is. Whether it be a meal or a tool or whatever it is, it's only going to last as long as it lasts. But if you teach someone to do something, teach someone how to act, it lasts a lifetime. And it's also something that we can share with others. It's all about the, the education. You know, we pray to God, we ask for provision. We ask for money. You know, we want them winning lottery numbers. Clamp our hands together. Oh, Lord, God, please give them to me. If I could just have those winning numbers, it would just change my life so much. God can give you the knowledge to be able to do that and so much more. To be able to build something, not only for yourself, but for others. We get such a closed-minded way when it comes towards God. We're so, we're so fearful. We totally undermine and we're underwhelmed with his power. His ability. We don't even give him a remote option to really work in our lives. And the way that we do that is, is how we react so many times when things come upon us. Do we act in a godly way or do we act in an emotional way? Faith should always be our driving factor. And sometimes, most times, we're not going to like the way it makes us feel. But feelings are temporary. And we can start adding some more in instead of the same old go-to. You know, we go to that default negative way of thinking. Someone wrongs us, we get mad. Someone wrongs us, we get hurt. We get sad. We get depressed. We get fearful. Let's try on some new ones. Let's try a little bit of compassion. Mercy. You know, people expect you to get angry. People expect you to want to seek revenge. You want to blow their mind? Be nice to them. Be nice to them. You know, and God's keeping score. We don't have to. It's another one of the things he's taking care of. He's keeping score. He says, vengeance is mine. He is righting the wrongs. 
And whether it be in this lifetime or the next, he will even the books. For everything that we suffer, for everything that we have lost, he has replacements. It says that Jesus is coming with his rewards in his hand. Now the question is, are we going to have things to be rewarded for? And where do you want your rewards to be? You can't have them both places. So do you want to use them up now, just temporary, throw them away? Or do you want them in heaven where they last a lifetime? A problem, a reaction, that equals our outcome. How do you want your outcome to be?